This is the Only in Miami show, and I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Stern and everything about the show at www.onlyinmiami.co. iTunes, podcast, SoundCloud, and a whole lot more. Check it out at onlyinmiami.co. And we are here live in the Blue Lagoon in Miami. And if you're stuck in traffic, take those shoes off, relax, and stay tuned. We have a phenomenal show for you tonight. We have a special guest coming up in just about 20 minutes. His name is Lawrence O'Donnell. He is the host of The Last Word on MSNBC every night at 10 p.m. And he's going to be here with me live in just 20 minutes talking about playing with fire, the 1968 election and the transformation of American politics. It's his new book. It's coming out on November 7th. And we're back with Lawrence O'Donnell. He is the host of The Last Word on MSNBC. He wrote Playing with Fire, the 1968 election and the transformation of American politics. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining me on the program tonight. Great to be with you, Grant. So let's start by talking about this brand new book, which hasn't come out yet, but I managed to get an advanced copy and tear into it. What inspired you to write a book about the 1968 election in particular after last year's wild election happened? Well, I started writing it before last year's election, and I started writing it because uh, every once in a while uh, on my show, I will do a historical segment uh, that's basically this day in history. And I found myself... picking days in 1968 more than once. Uh, For example, when uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King was coming up on the calendar, I I thought about what to say on the show that night, and this was some years ago. And and so I, I dug into it and researched and, you know, why was he in Memphis, for example, which is a question I think most people no longer know the answer to, and that turns out to be fascinating. And I remember telling that story um, on the show in a, I don't know, six minutes or something like that. And then, um, and then, uh, and, and how that very now with the King's assassination uh, to an audience crowd that had gathered for him in Indianapolis because people didn't know about it. You know, everyone didn't have a phone in their pocket at that time. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. So they weren't aware of the latest you know, breaking news every minute in the world. And, I, and, and so that was all part of a story I told one night uh, on the show and then uh, on the ballot. And what Nixon believed he needed, the one thing he needed to win was he needed the war to continue because the war was a mess. Even people who were in favor of the war knew it was going very badly for the United States. And so uh, Nixon needed the war to be going and going very badly for the voter to want to change from Democrat to Republican. And in order to make sure the war would continue, when he, he, he had secret communication with the South Vietnamese government and with the North Vietnamese government, but more directly with the South Vietnamese government, to to prolong the war. And what was happening in the summer of 1968 is Lyndon Johnson ultimately 
simply surrendered and and dropped out of the presidential election and did not seek re-election, which was the first time in history that that had happened. And what he said he was going to do was devote himself to trying to get peace in Vietnam. And he was actually making some slow and real progress toward peace in Vietnam with peace talks that he was trying to get going in Paris. Right. That President what, Johnson was the uh, president. It, it, it was famous and it was in the book as well, your book, about how they spent a lot of time just arguing over the shape of the table and then who would sit mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. And but eventually they started to have some real breakthroughs. And actually, the Soviet Union was helpful uh, in communicating uh, both to the United States, to, to, to Johnson and to uh, the Vietnamese, South Vietnamese and North Vietnamese, uh, trying to bring this together. So there was a, a, a very, you know, a kind of classical set of international dynamics that were being helpful. But Richard Nixon was secretly communicating to South Vietnam, do not make a deal, hold on, and when I'm president, I will get a better deal for you. And he was secretly communicating the same thing uh, to North Vietnam, who had a very direct communication to South Vietnam with the South Vietnamese ambassador in Washington. And this has all now been documented in memos. And there were and there were wiretaps at the time because LBJ found out about it. And LBJ uh, had the embassy wiretapped and was listening to these phone calls that the Nixon uh, operatives were making uh, to the uh, South Vietnamese embassy and had surveillance reports of who was going in and out of the South Vietnamese embassy in Washington. And so it's all there. And it turned out to be the perfect crime because right up until a few days before the election, LBJ was thinking about making this public. And he told a Republican senator, Senator Dirksen, that this was treason, what he had caught Nixon doing on the wiretaps with his team and uh, and everything that they had. He, he saw this as treason, and he said he would expose you know, to the New York Times, the Washington Post. And then when Nixon sat down with his war cabinet to talk about making this public, they said to him, for the good of the country, you can't do it. You can't. This this would harm the United States uh, for the world to know or for American citizens to know that in the middle of a war, uh, one of their presidential candidates, who might be at that point three or four days away from winning the presidency, uh, was was doing this. It's information we don't think the country could bear. Uh, And then, indeed, Nixon does actually win. And so the perfect crime is not. Uh, you know, necessarily the crime that you can get away with. It's the crime that if you get caught, they will be afraid of prosecuting you for the perfect crime because it will expose too much. And Mm. that really was the perfect crime. Well, Lawrence, uh, give our audience where they can find out more about the book, a website, or if you'd like to give out your Twitter handle, and then we're going to take a very short break. Uh, my my Twitter handle is about as easy to remember as it could possibly be. It is simply at Lawrence, uh, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, and you can find information about the book there. And we'll be right back. This is the Only in Miami show. 